That is calming, great music. And then you see the vibrancy of the kids and adults playing with all the slime. I've been to both the Slumo Institute in New York City and Atlanta, and they just opened one in Houston, and I can highly recommend it. Really great place for private events or just for a weekend with the family. So we have our next session coming up, which is near and dear to my heart. It is all about trade shows. And now when it comes to corporate events, sometimes you're either the trade show person or you're not. And sometimes you have to manage all of the portfolio, which includes the trade shows. And trade shows are a love-hate relationship, whether you are dedicated to them or they are part of your portfolio. We've all been through the booths and you complain about the exhibitors who have people walking up and they're just on their phone. We've all been to the shows that were poorly laid out and you have that one last minute booth that got added in in a sea of nothingness and they're not getting any traffic. And then you've been to the trade shows that have two booths side by side in the middle of the action and one came back with 400 leads and the other came back with 20 leads and the 20 lead one complained that it just wasn't a good show. So what actually makes a good trade show? What actually makes a bad trade show? We have brought in a few of our favorite exhibit trade show experts to help us understand the worst things about trade shows and how they can fix them. So I've been a lot of I've been to a lot of trade shows over my life. I um, absolutely love trick or treating for swag, but as we saw in our data game earlier this morning, I'm not sure that's the best thing. If you just want leads, fine. If you're going for your MQLs or your SQLs, is the, is swag the way to go? I'm very interested to hear what this group has to say about things like sustainability and giving stuff away. There's just there's too much to talk about in 15 minutes, and so I can't wait to see how our friends have this conversation. Chris, I'm going to throw it over to you. Let's get started. All right. Hello, everybody. I, I feel like we're on the Jerry Lewis telephone here a little bit. And <laughs> congrats on uh, such a such a very innovative uh, program here. So. Hey, we've got a great group together, um, and and I'm going to quickly introduce them. Glenda Brungart, uh, the one and only uh, in the center. Where's the side of Hollywood Squares? You're right in the middle. Um, I got Jim Cermak, who we call Mr. Trade Show Coach. I've got um, Marlissa Arnold, who's written three books on trade shows. Um, you're 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 one up for me, so congratulations. <laughs> many authors in this business, and I have the bold and new Rick Rodriguez. So. You know, I did a quick, uh, since so much of our, our discussion today has been on AI, I went into AI and said, hey, what are the worst things about trade shows? And, you know, yeah, predictable, there were a number of things that were noted. I'm going to not focus on that. I want to talk that there's a lot of friction. I want to go down the list, but also throw it at each of you and see what your, your uh, what you would say to that, right? Number one was cost. Number two was competition. Number three was logistics. Number four was time consuming. Number five was limited uh, limited face time. Number six was ineffective leads, exhaustion, burnout. I mean, I, I, I was like, holy cow, why do you even go? No, <laughs> we know face-to-face -face is where it's at. So I'm going to throw it, um, Glenn, why don't we start with you? Um, you know, how do we fix these, these issues? You know, and I, and by the way, I went in and said, how do you fix these issues? And I got a list of those as well. So anyway, it's your turn. You bet. So um, when we were talking about this, so um, as an exhibitor, um, I own some of the responsibility. And one of them, you know, as we talk about the costs and that, there's things that we can do. Um, I always look at it as what can I do versus what I can't do. And when you start taking that approach to things, you realize how quickly you can, um, you know, fix things that may be a little more costly. Um, logistics, you know, 
forced freight, one that comes to mind. What can I do to make sure my freight isn't forced? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So why don't we sw swap over to uh, Melissa? What do you think? What you know, Do you touch on some of these things in your books? Well, I definitely touch on a lot of things. I actually had the experience of being both a event organizer and an exhibitor. So I've seen it from both sides. And so I'm going to kind of flip the script a little bit here and uh -oh. say that one of the worst things I see is when event organizers view their exhibitors as ATM machines instead of actually <laughs> investing in the success <laughs> and seeing them more as partners in the mm -hmm. whole event. Mm -hmm, mm hmm. Jim, what about you? What uh, what would you what would you suggest? Well, uh, one thing that that is uh, kind of infuriating to me or frustrating, uh, and it kind of goes uh, some of the blame falls on both sides, on both the exhibitor and on the show planner. Is whenever I'm I've been an exhibitor over the years, I always have a strategy to I scour the exhibitor list. Who's going to be there? Who do I want to connect with? And then you go there and life happens and you have a great show. You never get out of your booth and you never get to connect with those people. And so uh, one of the things that I, I talk about with my clients is make sure you have that strategy. You do everything you can do uh, to network. But on the on the show planner side, show the exhibitors a little love and give them some networking time exclusively for the exhibitors to uh, network with each other. I think that would be a tremendous thing. That would, that would be a nice fix. And that hits on a couple of the things that you talked about uh, uh, right out of the gate there, Chris. Rich is the, uh, the newbie and uh, the bold one that's kind of coming to our space from software sales, a little different, isn't it? Go from uh, something intangible to tangible. Uh, what, what would you say? I mean, you're 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 kind of looking at this through the lens of someone brand new, right? Yeah, uh, I think something that we're hearing from people with budgets that are close to a million dollars, or even people that just have ten by tens, is there's a gap between sales and marketing that they sometimes just can't fill. And so, you know, cost is an issue that everybody is bringing up. But if you have a solid enough ROI, that conversation gets a lot easier with leadership. Um, if I could tell a, a story in, let's see, 20 seconds, um, I was at a big trade show in Atlanta. Uh, there was a 10 by 10 that had hundreds of people lined up to get to their booth, uh, including me. You want to ask me what they were selling, Chris? Uh, a food a food mixer or something, something demonstrative. Uh, I, not a damn clue what they were selling. I was in line because they had Hulk Hogan in the booth and I wanted to get his signature. Uh, so now... As a salesperson, imagine me being handed hundreds of leads for people that have no idea what we sell, and it's just wasting time for your organization. And then, you know, leadership's going to be upset because you couldn't provide a solid ROI for the event. Right. I think that's a that's a, a great example. Um, Liz brought up sustainability. Um, obviously, that's top of mind. There's a lot. Just finishing an article on Exhibit City News that will be coming out on trends that I suggest you all take a look at. And sustainability is a hot button here. Um, Linda, what, 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 what's your take on the impact of sustainability on exhibiting? I think it's important. I think a lot of businesses are looking at that it's no longer a nice to have. It's part of um, what our clients, what our people who um, buy our products are expecting from us. And if we're gonna um, talk about being a sustainability leader, we better be walking the talk as well. Mm -hmm. And that carries out, you know, in events we do on the trade show floor. And I think the myth about it costing more, um, put that aside. 
I don't think that's the issue out there. I think it's people don't know where to start. Yeah, yeah. Um, Marlissa, you're shaking your head. You want to add, add a point or two? Well, I think that's so true. It's it, it's not that difficult. It's not that necessarily that expensive. It's just a change in thought process to be more sustainable. You know, just and and somebody had mentioned earlier about the the giveaways. You know, the what we call the trick or treaters or what I call scoop and run. Um, you know, not giving away stuff that's just wasteful. You know, so many times I see exhibitors giving away things that. A, don't make it out of the convention center, or B, don't make it out of the hotel or even onto the plane uh, for a variety of different reasons. It could be stuff that's just not wanted, or it's stuff that it's too bulky for them to pack and take, or, you know, one time I was given um, a jar, a glass jar of maple syrup. Oh, yeah, like I'm putting that in my luggage, you know, like thinking mm -hmm. through things and, and giving away stuff if you want to give away things at all give away something that's actually you know makes sense and it's not going to just be thrown away right right one of the um jim do you have, do you have a, a thought around that i was going to say uh as an exhibitor think about your booth and look at modular solutions so that if you if your branding changes your message changes you don't have to change all the graphics you don't have to throw away your whole display but you can maybe swap out a portion of it or a panel instead of uh, instead of having to do the entire thing think sustainably that way and that going back to glenda's point that can save you money over yep. time instead of having to redo it every single time that you want to make a change Mm -hmm. Rich is someone that's uh, you know kind of come in come into this this uh, industry and you see all this uh, chaos that occurs that's set up and dismantle. What what was your takeaway? I mean, this is the new world for you. What what was your sense around sustainability? Yeah, um, well, it's you know one of the first trade shows I went to, I was kind of just floored by all the plastic and cardboard being pushed down the aisles by the forklifts. I, you know, IMEX does a fantastic job of leading the way for sustainability, um, you know, eliminating single-use plastic, things like that. On the exhibitor side, uh, you could look into a vendor that uses recyclable aluminum, uh, recyclable SEG graphics, uh, things like that, just, just just to go a little bit more green any way that you can. Uh, Jim kind of hit the nail on the head. That The modular boost is a, is a big deal nowadays. Okay. One of the things that in, in, in the trends article that, that uh, has really been amplified in the industry is the changing workforce. COVID had a huge impact on obviously a lot of, a lot of folks in the industry, right? And so we have a new generation, you know, Rich is one of them, coming to this space on both the supplier and the corporate side. Uh, what, what, do you have any, any thoughts around kind of how we're going to educate and bring, bring those groups together? Because it appears that the the millennials coming into um, the corporate side have have a mindset that is, in some cases, more advanced than than the, the supplier base. So there's a real disconnect there. Uh, would welcome your guys' thoughts around that. Don't be shy, Glenda. Boy, um, I, I you know continue to offer classes. I think something like what we're seeing today on this telethon, where you have stackable content that people can get some tips and tricks pretty quick of, you know, what to focus on. Um, but also, you know, as, as the exhibit manager, I need to seek out um, help and to fill the gaps that I may have. And, you know, there's a number of associations out there that offer training. 
Well, you, you, you're you're a diamond CTSA or, or CTSM, so I, I would think that would be a, a great start. I know that EDPA and a few other associations are are ramping up now their educational programs, particularly on the supplier side, because there is that little bit of that disconnect. Yeah, and also lean into your suppliers. You know, they have a lot of knowledge out there. Allow them to be your eyes and ears as well, um, and ask them to help you. Um, you know, what 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 are they saying? Mm-hmm. And have them share that with you. Right, right. Good point. Or listen, what's what's your take on on the whole labor? Uh, I'll call it, you know, shift in in uh, in 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 the the workforce. Well, and going back to what I talked about earlier of the you know the disconnect between the show organizers and the exhibitors. It's it, and Glenda said too. It's the education. You know, understanding, especially now, the exhibitors that are coming in, the exhibit managers. A lot of them have probably no pre-shutdown experience. So you can't assume people know things. So it's so important to educate, you know, providing, especially for first timers, providing that onboarding experience. You know, I just taught an exhibitor workshop yesterday and, you know, people were just, they were the busy, we do, um, when I do the workshop, then our Q&A is like roundtables like this afterwards. And the busiest table was the first time exhibitors. You know, they had a ton of questions. So help them, you know, don't just assume that everybody knows what they're doing because sometimes even the ones that have been doing it for 10 or 15 years don't, but, but, you know, providing that education, providing mentors, maybe having a longtime exhibitor that can mentor some newbies and help them understand, you know, just little things like, you know, I talked to an exhibitor recently that didn't even realize that, you know, for a gigantic show in Vegas, they need to book their hotel several months ahead because, you know, I said, well, the definition of a citywide means that we take over the city. <laughs> you better get a hotel now, you know. So it's things like that. Sometimes we forget that the newbies don't even know. Mm-hmm. Jim, you're shaking your head. You want to add on? Yeah. I was going to say, and, and Marlon's hit it right on the head. There's more newbies now in this industry than there ever yeah. were, uh, ever from COVID. And a, a lot of the people that I work with are, you know, marketing managers. And the trade show is one small segment of what they cover in their job, their day-to-day job. And they don't have the time to dive in and are not immersed in this industry like we all are. And so for them, uh, for the show, it provide. Uh, that kind of training, like Marlis said, that first-time exhibitor training, or what's new at the show training, or key things you need to know about the about the show training, and then for you exhibitors out there, marketing managers, please seek out great podcasts like Marlis's Trade Show Insights, My Trade Show University. There's a lot of great podcasts, video channels. There's a lot of free stuff out there. And then if you if you need some extra help, go out and find someone who could help you pull this all together, who can put put make you have or help you have the right strategy for success going forward. Yeah. I, if I could add one thing to that, Chris, it's as a newcomer, um, and I posted about this yesterday, I, I've been floored by the hospitality in this industry uh, and seeking out thought leaders and just people that are, are so receptive to me reaching out and just trying to get an education. Uh, so yeah, if you put yourself out there, I mean, this event planner's top 10 stressful job, right? I came from logistics and SaaS. I get it. And there's a sense of everyone just being in the trenches in this industry. And so people are just, they're there, like they've embraced the chaos and they want to help you through it. So you just got to ask questions. Yeah. yeah one, one of the things, things I think is really important to, to, to stress here today is that the whole process of selling has changed. 
And it, right now, 80% of, of uh, a buyer's time is spent researching online. And they're researching online, they're talking to friends and associates, or they even go to a show. So the idea that selling on a trade show floor what, is the same, it's very different. And, and today, the staffing, you talk about how to fix it. In my mind, Exhibit never sold anything. It's about the people. And unless they're prepped and unless they're they're really uh, top of their game, because the buyer today is coming in with things they want to find out. They pre-qualified you. They have questions they want to ask. They're looking for the experts. So I think, you know, we can do a beautiful job up front in all the planning, but it still comes down to people meeting people and engagement and asking the right questions and prepping whatever's, whatever's aggregated there for the sales, per, sales force to go out and advance it. So, you know, we could spend a lot of time talking about all these these issues, but it still comes down to face-to-face, belly-to-belly, uh, knowing how to, how to treat and, and uh, you know, as, as a, 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 your guests when they come in and, and knowing that they're educated, more so than in the past, because think about it, shows in the past, there wasn't, when there wasn't internet, or there was all that, all that introduction, that, inter, that education was done on-site at a trade show. Now, it's not. So we just got to be very mindful of the stories we're telling in that in that space, and that that storytelling has changed. So, but my two cents in terms of you know where I where I see the industry uh, as it is today, uh, we're uh, we're getting close to t- time wrap. Any any final thoughts from the gang here? Um, the worst thing about trade shows, I think we've we we all know what those are. Um, if, if there's one thing we could fix, one thing only, what would they be? We'll go around the corner, Marlissa's. Work together, your vendors, your exhibitors, your your show organizers, partners, everybody together. Okay, Glenda. Uh, focus on what you can do, what you can't, not what you can't do. I'll make your job easier. Okay, Rich, what you got? Man, I'm just gonna piggyback. Just collaboration. Try, trust your vendor. Do your research, and then trust them because you did that research. Okay, and Jim, you're you're the final word. Hey, I'll say for the, I'm going to put it on the shoulders of the exhibitors, learn how to engage with people because those attendees, if they leave and you didn't engage with them, it's on you. It's not on them. And uh, they're going to have a better show if they learn more about you and you're going to have a better show if you can engage better. Yeah. And I I guess I might have the last word. So listen, thanks everybody (laughs) for joining us. Uh, I will be drafting uh, in the next uh, month or so, a kind of a follow-up here since this was such a quick 15 minutes uh, uh, it would be an extensive article in Exhibit City News, so please uh, take take time to look at it and uh, enjoy the publication because we're we're making some major uh, changes to it as we go forward. So thanks everybody. Thanks, Thank everybody. you. Thank you, Chris. Thank thanks, you. everybody. Yeah. That was incredible. You should have seen the chat. I know that y'all were busy talking, but it was blowing up in there. I think trade shows, exhibits, these conversations are definitely ones that the club ET members appreciate and want to be a part of. If you haven't yet, go subscribe to Exhibit City News. Thanks so much, Chris, for facilitating that session.